Welcome to the Journey to the Stage with Brian Frazier new mini episode series titled J1Q, Just One Question. In this sub-series of my regular podcast, I hit record and ask just one question. And what a question we kick the series off with. Before we jump into our one question chat, I want to give a huge thank you to my friends in the great Texas band Blue Water Highway for the use of their song You're the Dragon from the album of the same name for my theme song. If you don't know Blue Water Highway, I'll just say this as somebody who listens to a ton of music. They're one of the best bands I've come across in years. Great writing, great guys, and Zach has an absolutely incredible voice. They're on all the streamers, and you can learn more about them at bluewaterhighwayband.com. This is J1Q number one, and my answerers are Ron Hicklin and Sally Stevens. These two are true legends who have recorded vocals with every huge artist you can think of, Sinatra, Glenn Campbell, and many, many, many more. They have been guests individually on separate podcast episodes where we explore their incredible careers. Sally Stevens was on episode 19 and Ron Hicklin was on episode 28. If you want an incredible trip through some of the greatest music ever made, check out those episodes of my full podcast. The links will be in the show description if you're interested. They're also together in an upcoming episode where we discuss their work with multi-academy award-winning music composer, the late James Horner. Please forgive some of the noise that got picked up in one of the tracks. Tried to clean it up as best I could, but that happens sometimes when you're recording with multiple people. Today, we ask Ron and Sally just one question. What was it like to sing with Elvis Presley? Here's their answer. Well, you know, I can tell you there are some stories there, as there always are. I did about three pictures with Elvis, and in those cases, we were really just putting voices on to scores and stuff like that. The the most famous thing, the 68 concert or whatever it was, that's the one where he was sitting in the middle of Western Three. Western 3 was a studio, no, Western 1, because uh, it was a big studio at Western. And anyway, he, he was in this little platform with his fans around him and stuff like this. And that was where he was all dressed in black, and that was the thing. When we were recording with him, I remember B.J. Baker once saying, Elvis, as famous as you are and everything, why the penny loafers? And, and Elvis was actually embarrassed by it. Went home to uh, to uh, Beverly Hills and came back with a change of shoes because he didn't want to. And I realized how sensitive he was about something like that. But the main thing I realized is when he was singing, he took the microphone in his hand. Now, we were seasoned studio singers. So if we got a microphone on a mic stand, we're just singing into it. And, uh, and that's it. You know, we're usually our music's on the other side and we're sight reading the music. Uh, Elvis would take the microphone in his hand and he was singing it and just suddenly fell to his knees on the floor and he's leaning back and he's singing this and I thought, my God. This isn't uh, this isn't live. This isn't being, uh, this recording session. Just a recording session. But he never. He. Uh, that was probably the the highlight of my career with anything with Elvis because I realized how much he was putting into that performance. I've watched a lot of interviews with Austin Butler, who played Elvis in in the Elvis movie, 
And he was very clear. He said, I'm not trying to learn Elvis's moves because Elvis obviously had some, a very distinct way of moving to the music. He said, everything Elvis did, every movement he made was a result of him feeling the music. So I needed to learn to feel the music like Elvis did. And then those motions, those actions would be more natural. Now, Sally, let's go to you on that. What was that like for you to sing with Elvis? Well, I, I don't have as clear memories of it, honestly, as Ron does. I worked on that 1968 comeback special, too. And I somehow, I, I was sent, I have a picture of myself. Uh, Elvis is in the middle, and B.J. Baker and I are on one side, and Bob Tebow and John Baylor are on the other side. That was at Western Studios in the booth. I was not at, on the set when they did the, the, the videos, and Ron, you might have been. I don't know, but we just did some off-camera voices, and as I recall, B.J. Baker had called me. I had worked on a, a movie or two of his very, very early on, I think when Carol Lombard was, was contracting or put together a little group for him, not the Carol Lombard actress, the Carol Lombard singer. <laughs> one of our, our gurus in the business. Yes, one of our gurus. As I recall on those sessions, he was taking direction from who, whoever was in charge. He wasn't a, a big macho fill up the room guy, as I recall. And the music was pretty, it wasn't that kind of passionate music, you know, it was pretty simple stuff. And, uh, and it was just very fun to be a part of that 1968 special. And I have subsequently gotten checks lately because the a little less talk, a little more conversation was used in a, a Nissan spot or something. Yeah, I think I think I can speaking for both Sally and me. I know in my career, I worked with down near everybody I wanted to, as far as uh, solo soloists and stuff like that. And it was a wonderful career to be alongside people like that and watch them perform and to, and to be a part of their success. Thing I will tell you, when the when I retired, I was taking all my records, and I mean paper records of who did what on what session and what we got paid and all that stuff, and putting all those contracts uh, digitally into my computer so I could answer things. So people, there were so many projects I was a part of that people were doing books on. And they would call me and they'd say, did you do this? Did you? And before I put it in my computer, I would have to say, well, give me a year and I'll look it up chronologically in my records. After I put everything in there, it was all, they'd say, well, uh, you want to know about Presley? And I'd look up Presley and all of the contracts I did with him and everything else would show it's up. so great that you have that all computerized wow. one because I have to go through paper files. No, I, I did that. I did that because I was so used to working hard, and when my voice gave out, I thought, I, I can't stop like this. At one point, they called me and said, we're doing a book on Elvis. Uh, were you part of a session on, and they gave me a date, and I said, yeah. I said, I have a contract on that, and they said, can you tell us what happened? And I said, well, I can tell you that the date got canceled at the last moment, and I had to pay everybody a, a minimum call. It was supposed to be at RCA. And I said, but something happened, and they had to cancel us at the last moment. And they said, well, do you know what happened? And I said, no, I have no clue what happened. They said, uh, that was the time when Elvis's uh, 
a chauffeur or somebody had hit somebody or killed them or done something, and they said what we had to do is we had to get Elvis out of town. And Colonel Tom, uh, Tom Parker sent him back to Memphis immediately and canceled the session because uh, they didn't want Elvis to be even around any of that. And I'm not sure if it was a chauffeur that hit somebody or whatever it was, but that's what happened. And I said, from my end, all I know is I said, I'm sorry for this last minute uh, notification, but this session is canceled. And I said, well, I'll write up a minimum contact on everybody and that's what it could be and, and I, I learned about it later myself well Ron I there is something that you said in our interview together that you said you, you were talking to somebody else but relayed this to me that you've been able to walk with kings and that has really stuck out with me. And in this case, you got to walk with the king of rock and roll. So very, very well done. So we're going to end our time here. This will be maybe a little bit of a challenge. If you had to describe Elvis in one word, what is one word you would use to describe Elvis? Oh my goodness. Um, God, that's hard. I was going to say sexy right off the bat. But, <laughs> we, can, um, we could go with that. <laughs> oh, he, he was amazing. He had this charisma kind of thing. I watched part of the 68 special recently on television. The PBS played it. Oh, okay. And to see him at that stage of his life, oh my God, he was... Uh, something special. And, something special. Yeah, very, something very special. So what amazing, you would say amazing, is that the word you would use? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> How about you, Ron? Elvis in one word. Well, not one word. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, you, unique performer. Yeah. Really uh, an entertainer. Let's put it that way. Uh, King of the road. <laughs> right, right. We could, we could, you know, he, he was referred to as the king and that was it. Uh, and and that, that was because there are other people that were the chairman of the board, as Sally knows, but Elvis was the king. So there you go. A big thank you to Ron Hicklin and Sally Stevens. And thank you for joining us on the maiden voyage of J1Q. I hope you've enjoyed it just as much as I have. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribing and getting alerts is such a big help. And if you're listening on any of the podcast platforms, please consider following or subscribing, leaving a kind rating or review. It's such a big help for an indie podcaster like myself. It was always very encouraging. So thanks for doing that. Make sure you join us next time when we sit down with legends and music makers and ask just one question. And that is a wrap.